You're listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music. Claire, apparently, they just know a bunch of weird French in this part of Wisconsin. Like, all the names of their towns are kind of like funky French derivatives. Because uh-huh. Bon Iver is like, yeah. it's supposed to be good winter when you actually say it. But uh-huh. It's like Canadian, so all that, that kind of overlap. But yeah, there's like a bunch of other things that Canadian French in thing. their town, they just kind of like, you know americanize them a bit or just say them funky and hmm. oh just go with it <laughs> i guess kind of how they do here in texas but yeah. it's just not french so it's more foreign sounding that's interesting it's <laughs> wisconsin's kind of in the middle right of america trying to think. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it's like completely that, the midwest yeah it's like that there's that french vein that kind of cuts through yeah america i guess that kind of fits with that yeah always i mean there was some like, you know, our borders are just kind of like, we drew these lines and <laughs> the people there were like, all right, okay. I'm in Montana now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, but yeah, I think Bon Iver, Bon Iver, and as long as it's not, and I think that's what this album kind of gets into is like, he's, Justin Vernon has gone out of his way to say that it's not just me yeah. Yeah, yeah like i'm not bonnie i'm yeah. just <laughs> and this was a mm. collaborative work yeah that, that was you know a harder sell but because mm. after the first album i mean everybody just connects like oh this is this one guy, guy. Yeah. yeah and you know he's i don't even think that that album was completely him in the end yeah i think like blood bank and his first one were a lot of him yeah like like just him and then when he got to the whole ep and the albums like there was always those other guys yeah because like because yeah because i remember watching uh because i had a friend that was i mean i was really into his second album the his self-titled album oh yeah is, is my favorite one still um the bonavir one um and that one i don't remember what what they called it but there was some collection of like behind the scenes videos um Mm -hmm. of that album where they showed them in the studio working on it and and covering other random songs um and you see like their big grand piano like open face piano and and just all this you know all their toys littered around the room um but i didn't and that was my first realization where it's like oh it is much more than just yeah, because you know you have that perception when you listen to an artist you're like yeah like anybody could be like that like you listen to a david bowie song like how did he come up with that and you look in the background it's like no stevie yeah. ray vaughn came up with that lick <laughs> yeah, and then he wrote on top of it or something like that <laughs> yeah it always people but yeah but that album was like such an experience that's a great album um it's a beautiful album but i just appreciated it so much so i was like oh he's a genius and blah, blah, blah. but that yeah when i watched this video i was like oh you know he didn't play that piano part it was messina or it was this other person who did it mm-hmm. and um and that they're really good collaborators um but i always knew that about him because he he has that um another group uh uh he's, like, he's got few, so many groups yeah so, so uh what is it something choir he's got volcano choir, Vol- volcano choir and then yeah. he's like a part of gangs and then he's kind of 
well, I guess he was. He's not so much now. Um, he was in like the Kanye yeah. gang for yeah. a little while. Um, and then he's recently, he's been doing that stuff with Taylor Swift. and Yeah, and that guy, the Red a- Machine. or Aaron uh, uh, yeah. Donner, or Dresner, the guy from uh, The National. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. they, they did that album together, that Big Red Machine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a very interesting person. Because yeah, when, he, when I first listened to Bon Iver, yeah, that's what I took it as, as a singer-songwriter. Well, I guess that's kind of what he started as, and then he's just really worked his way up by, you know, meeting new people. But it, it's a cool trajectory to watch him, like, in his career, because, you know, you know, you hear the story and about how, you know, he broke up with his girlfriend and retreats to a cabin and bangs out that album and just, you know, uh, uh, which is the first album, right? That's mm-hmm. the very first one. So, yeah. Uh, and it carries that that heavy well because he talks about that i mean we'll bring this back up but how the his four studio albums represent seasons the seasons yeah and so that one's the heavier winter based one uh and and it is that slower heavier message um that comes with more of a singer songwriter kind of cadence or whatever but as it goes on he adds new types of instruments additional vocalists additional producers and um he just gets more experimental. Um, oh, yeah. But this album, um, I don't know how you want to pronounce it. I, comma, I. I, I comma, yeah. I. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, this one, I've really enjoyed it <clears throat> because his last one, the 22 A Million one, that one was really interesting and unique and eclectic. But it was like, to me, it was like he 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 does Bon Iver, the second album, the self-titled album gets a lot of accolades. I mean, he got two Grammys for that album. You know, he, he gets on a Kanye album. There's some other artists he did a collaboration with. I think, you know, he starts making more connections, starts feeding off of different, you know, people and and influences. And you get 22 a million where he's dealing with more sonics and different, you know, glitchy kind of eclectic sounds and stuff like that. And even to the, the, the titles of the tracks and the, the designs are all getting more, you know, warped or, you know, just <laughs> trippy. And, uh, but then in, in, in that album, it took me, I don't know, I want to be honest here, two or three times for me to like, listen to it and like, actually like, like get into it, like super into it <laughs> uh-huh. because I wasn't, this was me in my subtle snobbery, not wanting to, <laughs> to, to just move on. Cause I really liked the second one. I liked mm-hmm. what he had developed with his tones, his his overdubs of his vocals and his horn arrangements and this, this, the subtle little things that had, I, I had started to attribute to him being his character, his musical character sure. characteristics. And so when 22 a million came out, it was just so like the other way. I was like, Oh, okay. I don't know. It's, it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, one thing about him, uh, post, <clears throat> well, anything of his like, uh, after, uh, for Emma forever ago, it gets harder to understand his vocal, like right off the bat. Like for sure. <laughs> it really yeah. does. Um, but I think he's starting to give in to the more like the music, the ambiance rather than like the, the strict vocal or the strict lyrics, you know, it's like more like, what, yeah. what does it resonate with? What does it really make you feel? Um, and so I think with 22 a million, he gave all into that, you know, into that, like, what's this, is the concept of feeling instead of the lyrics. That's yeah, I think that's definitely true. I had <clears throat> you know probably a similar trajectory with that album, but I think now I think I like 22 million like probably the most. Mm. Um 
of all that. I mean, though, I can't like, <laughs> I can't play for anybody else, you know, like, cause nobody else, you can't like sit straight through it necessarily. Mm. Cause it's just like, wow, this is a lot of noise, <laughs> like, but, but like some of the stories and some of the lyrics that he does and like the cut-ins and things that he has in that are really interesting um and it actually took this record listening to this one for me to come back to that Mm, one because i was like i was kind of like out like yeah Mm -hmm. i I had listened to bonnie and then it's like what is this (laughs) and then it was like hey miles like oh he's coming back to like melodies again and then i was like oh like there's still some of those elements in this one but Mm -hmm. then when you go back it's like oh like he was really just kind of experimenting yeah and then some of like his personal stuff which is like when you talk about bon Iver and like his lyric writing it's always cryptic and completely mm. like whatever um, but i think it is definitely like the feeling like he i guess is just bad at love generally because it was like another breakup <laughs> right was 22 in a million and like he went and he's talked about this kind of multiple times um, there's one big interview he did about this album And he talked about kind of suffering from depression and anxiety because of the pressure that was put on him after those first two albums were so Mm -hmm. well received. Mm -hmm. And so that's why he was like, do I kind of enjoy this? Do I want to be doing this? He's like, it's a gift and a curse to be able to make music for a living. But then it's also like, I have to be making this. I have to. Such a high expectation. Yeah, I have to fill up to this or whatever. And he sells this trip of like, going to this um, <clears throat> kind of tourist town in Greece, but he goes uh-huh. in like the off season cause he's a bad planner. <laughs> and so he's like, he's like, I'm there and the shops are closed and no one's there. So it oh. just ends up making me feel more <laughs> isolated and alone when I'm supposed to be like on a Free. vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so from all that, it kind of comes back, but, and they just did like, some random things like so two tracks on this album on the i comma i actually started during 22 in a million yeah um and one of them was like faith and then the other one was um the i am i um that mm. one kind of mm. started in and i guess the ye also so um all those tracks are kind of older and just kind of like rework they didn't have a place for him i yeah. guess or they were too well, happy they kind of said about <laughs> the faith one. yeah well because that's why that's why i read about uh the background on the almost it seemed like more than half of this album was stuff that for like five years him and his buddies would just chop up and send back and forth and yeah just mess with it and i mean there were basement tapes until someone was like yeah i think that's like oh, yeah, well, something. there's like, what, 10 producers listed on yeah. the IMI track. And it's just oh, like, yeah. what's, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. The New York Times, they did like a great interview with him. Well, it's not a great interview, but they did a great little like short on it. Mm. Um, and they kind of zip around with all the things that he was talking about. But mm. it's like a sound sample here. And then this old recording from one of their old bandmates from like, years ago yeah Yeah. early days in like wisconsin and then um they go down to texas and they record some stuff and like um in that one he actually talks about frank ocean like being there and kind of listening to some of it and giving them a sample or something that i don't think they used in the end but well he's a personality that comes to mind when i listen to this album 
Like, oh yeah. Yo, yeah. Cause especially his last couple of albums, um, the, um, like blonde and, um, mm. Oh my God. What's the mixtape? Ugh, whatever. It's black and white. Um, it's killing me. It's ever something. I, I, I yeah, look it up. Cause it's killing me. I can't, re- can't believe it. Cause I meant to write it down. Cause I knew I was going <laughs> to forget it. Cause I haven't, I, I don't, it's, 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 uh, it's very eclectic. It's kind of, it's kind of, it, it's very much like this or, or 22 a million where it's a lot of like so glitchy nostalgia ultra or no no that's his first ep it would have been like it would have been like his last one um it's black and white it's like him walking through a room let's see um but anyways it's just like that was fragmented sound yeah endless that's what it is goodness it's been years i I haven't listened to that in years um but that reminds me of that it reminds Hmm. me of that uh like the vocals like how he'll um like the um the vocoder vocoder that they use that um that alternates their vo- vocals and, and and distorts it and stuff um there, there's just certain techniques that they both use um but to me they're both of these people frank ocean and bonavir they're kind of like that they're the vanguard figures of that kind of high quality like avant-garde kind of music like that that modern avant-garde music right now mm-hmm. that's like that glitchy um just i don't know it's, it feels chopped up and it's real yeah it's just it's it, it's just real um dissected and put back together and and distorted in all sorts of ways mm-hmm. that are just unexpected you know left and right um with great vocalists you know yeah. just laid on top of it um that's what makes them comparable to me yeah and i think i mean i think they get into it in that zane interview because i heard him talk about it but like um Frank Ocean was just up there, like in Wisconsin, like mm. for a separate reason, and then they connected, and then they started making music together. Like it was somehow they were connected or whatever. Yeah. and then they started. I'm surprised it took music, so long. So. Well, and that there's nothing on this. <clears throat> like, like truthfully, like, but Frank Ocean's an inter- He's an odd bird. Like he, yeah, he but, doesn't. Because what labels he on? Because I was thinking even um, so, Moses Sumney is on this record yeah he's got like a frank ocean type he's just not as popular and he's a little more i'd say avant-garde than frank ocean but he's on the same record label so that's why he could be on the album uh, boys don't cry i guess at least that that's that's the yeah. one that he released blonde on um but let me let me check Sumney because i was just listening to Sunday. Yeah, he's got some good songs. Oh no, too. I guess but well, they're Sunday's on, on they're uh, on Jag, Jaguar. Jaguar, yeah. Um But but I think Frank Ocean holds just a lot of respect for the people in that in that um scene, in that kind of musical scene. Mm. Um because he's got a lot of um I don't know, he he's a very creative person that knows how to market it really well and has a really strong following. Yeah. Um and he's he's played the game really well to where he's pretty private person but you know he does collaborations and he'll pop up in features on huge names you know jay-z songs kanye songs yeah uh the tyler the creator songs whatever um and he's not in a huge rush to release his albums all the time i wonder if they met so the kanye and bonnie ver it was like he used lost in the woods yeah and then they recorded some of life of pablo or all of it 
up there in in wisconsin yeah yeah at bonnie vera's like studios oh really yeah and he was saying um, or would that would have been yay because weren't they in wisconsin for yay they did some of it like oh, he was on okay. but like i think it was life apollo that they did like he brought people up and was having mm. them and like hang out and stuff because uh-huh. to this pitchfork um <clears throat> interview justin vernon was saying like yeah it was like it was really wild they had um because uh, Wynn Butler is on there, like for Market Fire, so uh-huh. he came down. Um, Common is on that one. Kendrick Lamar. And on he's what? like On Life of Pablo. Oh. And so he's <laughs> no, like... Wynn Butler's on that? So he's like, at random times, these guys are, you know, just hanging out at the studio, and he's like, it makes for some, like, really weird three-on-three basketball. But when you started that, like, when I was thinking about that, I'm like, dang, if you went... So Common is, like, the tallest one of the rappers, like, and he's only six foot. But he played, you know, collegiate ball. But then so did Win Butler, and Win Butler is six four. Mm. Justin Vernon is six three, six two. So it's like if you All went the white rock, dudes are the yeah, if you went rock, you went rock versus rap. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, what are you gonna do, Kendrick? You're five five. You got, <laughs> you got nothing. <laughs> but it was just like a wild sort of picture. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, because that, that's that's the type of scene, you know. I just feel like they've 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 gotten to through their their musical uh, career, like in the Crucible, mm-hmm. just doing the work of like now they've they know all these people, and so when they when they it's publicly known they're working on an album or through the grapevine, hey, yeah. you're doing this, and they're over at this studio. Like, who wants to come? Yeah, who's gonna make it out? You know, it's like when Kanye was doing his little uh, um, the Good Music Summer thing, where every mm-hmm. week or was it every week, yeah, every yeah, week every he Friday came out with a, with an album. Something. You know, it's like yeah, when he was working on his, and then the the Cuddy one. So there were so many people that were in and out and were just like, yeah, hey, there's in the studio, come out. Or they're doing a listen party. Hey, yeah. everybody come out. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do and that. Maybe you get on it or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, that's why I bring up Frank Ocean because he's like always on those lists. <laughs> he always pops up. And so it's like Bonavere. He's kind of like, yeah, he's like that quiet white dude in the corner. You know, I just think it's like, yeah, get him over here. Yeah. He's super creative. Bring well, he, him in. He describes a little bit of that, like, and taking that from Kanye because I guess the way that they made this record, they had most of it written and kind of like a rough draft Mm. in their own studios. And then they spent like six weeks, um, at sound ranch or Sonic ranch, Sonic ranch, yeah, Sonic ranch. Um, and they finalized it, but that's Mm. like, they added a bunch of stuff and I guess they had the whole place and he was making it sound like there were producers in individual rooms just kind of working on sounds or whatever. Mm. And he would just be walking around and like, Oh, like I heard this sound or whatever. Can you bring that in here with them? And we'll try it in this main room and then, you know, see how it goes together. Yeah. And then they would just do that huh. <laughs> like throughout the day and then finalize a song and then kind of move on to the next one or yeah. move back on this other sound or whatever. Like yeah. it's just, really weird i mean i imagine like as this type of producer and that's you 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 have to be super collaborative like your your mindset is always like yeah i'm good but it takes one more person to make Mm -hmm. me even better like you gotta be like you gotta be built that way and you have to understand like well i mean this is any kind of music that you gotta understand that your your idea isn't gonna be like the master idea and that if you give it to some kid that's half your age who's new to the industry, but then he knows how to work 
you know, this vocoder that you've never heard of or this type of technology or system you've never worked, you got to just give in that, you know, if they mm -hmm. give it to you and it's something unique enough that, you know, you, you bring them in and you start working on it like that. Cause yeah, like what you're saying, there's so many different people from so many different ranges of their musical yeah. careers and ages and genres and stuff that it's like, that's what that speaks to. And that's why this album, I think to anyone who has a very, you know, careful musical ear, it's like this, Cause I think I saw a comment somewhere where it's like, this, this is an album that's so complex and there's so much work into it that if, if you were a young person to hear this for the first time, you never heard like a, uh, a piece of work like this musically and you'd only really kept to pop simple stuff or, or expected type of music, that this would be something that would wake you up musically to mm -hmm. realize like, Oh, there's more, there's more depth to the layers of music yeah. or there's more possibility to what, um, uh, an immediate, you know, uh, thought of what a, a, um, a hook would be in a song or what, what you would oh, yeah. expect an intro to a song to be like, it's like, this isn't, this isn't your typical. And that, and that's what makes them so cutting edge. That's why I call them the, the, they're, they're like the vanguard of this modern type of music because they, they, they're, they're playing with it. I mean, that they, they've caught the attention of, of people like Taylor Swift or like, get in here and let's, mm -hmm. let's work on my next phase because clearly you know you're you're out of the cocoon <laughs> it's like you know uh, you've, you've kind of come out you you've got attention i mean you're i mean he's gotten all sorts of people on this album yeah i mean and, and not just again not just the small people he's got like james blake um like we talked about uh, uh moses sumney who's a little newer in the last few years um aaron dresner who's who's you know the backbone of the national and, and and you got even people like Bruce Hornsby coming through, you know, and 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 it's just it's just crazy, um, but but just like um, I don't know, but that's that 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 fits the bill of a of a true musician of someone who of a high musicianship, mm -hmm. you know, and high quality is you you attract collaborators and you welcome that, you know, yeah. Um, but that, this album is just it's so it's so eclectic and it's so. Um, odd and how it, it it moves and how it, it crawls through its message you know it's just unexpected it's not mm. i don't know and that's that's what he's become you know and i'm not saying like his first album the singer songwriter stuff was just like super common or anything like that but to add in the the, the layers and depth you know they add into this album yeah. that they had started with the previous one but you know maybe cleaned it up and made because this album um just to I don't know, kind of sum up kind of the opening intro for this episode. It's like to me, this album is really it's twenty two a million and Bonavir combined like really well. It's for sure. It's it's the strong vocals and clean production with that experimental edge that's yeah. that's gonna, you know, keep it really new and fresh. Um yeah, it plays really well. Yeah, I definitely think I'd agree with that. Um and that kind of goes in even with the title, like him. <clears throat> what you were saying that last bit about appreciating everybody that's in the room that I comma I he gave an interview with um who was it with um oh actually with Aaron Rodgers oh uh, really yeah Jake uh, JQ oh Jay Kimmel or uh, no Jamie Kimmel GQ or? oh GQ does this like random like one-on-one -on -one series and mm. they kind of mesh up random folks or uh -huh. whatever but they're both wisconsin oh i see connected yeah, or whatever yeah yeah um so they have this like and it's kind of an awkward conversation but uh just because i think aaron Rodgers is kind of awkward <laughs> but um you know if you're just shoved in front of a microphone they do yeah. it but he was talking about how this is kind of like a um a rastafarian 
thought and he's like it's a uh, like outside of the eye there's the eye that's looking back and so we are all connected it's like i can't be i unless you are you and then together we make this entity that we need to look out for all mm. together so a it's very like alan uh, watts. it is alan watts actually oh, so okay before like um faith when they would play the shows uh-huh. they would have this long like paragraphed lecture from alan watts talking about faith and belief but it's definitely mm. like yeah a tau alan watts you, but... like <laughs> <laughs> but this yeah. definitely that's what the title and that's kind of his mindset yeah. and he was definitely wanting to separate like it's not just me doing the song it's you know this inspiration everything that's happening like yeah, it's like i wouldn't just be a funnel i without yeah everyone else yeah yeah, yeah. isn't it crazy it's kind of a tangent but at least to me a lot of my alternative ear like a lot of the people i listen to it's like i'm just thinking like it's just really, i mean it's awesome because i mean alan watts is great but it's just been really interesting to listen to like so many albums and so many stuff like open up with lectures from him or, or they end with like a, a What's this, segment the new, from him. Uh, the new hip thing to do. Yeah. Well, apparently, <laughs> yeah. Because cause, I mean, like Logic's done it. Starfucker's done it. Yeah. I um, mean, a few people have done well, it. I mean, right? it's kind of like how Silicon Valley is kind of in love with Ayn Rand. And so mm. whenever you see like, at least in the last like five years or so, the big like tech like those big one of the ipos or whatever like those guys are like oh yeah one of my favorite lists are alice shrugged or like mm, yeah <laughs> these high capitalistic <laughs> ideals it's Who's kind of like that for, atlas shrugged. for indie music uh alan watts is definitely that but, but yeah i mean it's i think it's more an actual appreciation of how art comes to be you know oh yeah because we can now I think now we can see more of the levers than maybe we had in the past. Mm. So it's like, oh yeah, like I saw this line or I had this guy in my life at some point and da 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 da, which, uh, you know, he's definitely always done. Um, and I think took like Kanye on that sort of aspect too. Cause I remember what was the, it was a comedian talking about working with Kanye and he was like, yeah, like a janitor walks by and if the janitor has a good line or gives him a head bob, like he'll try to give writing credits to the janitor oh, really? <laughs> because he inspired some of that. Song. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> but I think that's how, you know, he's kind of reflecting on this process. Mm. Hmm. That's my, my takeaway on the title. Interesting. Well, uh, just get down to the nitty gritty really quick. Um, so this album was released on August 8th in uh, 2019. It's uh, this fourth, fourth studio album. Uh, like we discussed before, um, it was their, I don't know what you call it. Um, they liken the album to the seasons of the year um, with uh, Emma Forever Go starting at um, being in winter um, and then a spring Bonavere summer, uh, which I guess an intense, weird summer, uh, 22, a million. <laughs> and then, uh, I comma I for the, uh, for the fall. Um, so this album, I thought this was interesting cause I remember this, I'm an avid Redditor. Um, he, this was, this released physically on August 30th, but it released track by track per hour on Reddit, um, through like an AMA that they were doing. Um, and, uh, <laughs> 
which is cool. I mean, it's a different approach. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that the publicist and you know the people trying to make money off of it were like, "What is happening? What? Why? Why?" <laughs> then the next hour, we're still doing. <laughs> <laughs> we're still doing one more. So we already gone through the singles. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> <So>, okay. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe I don't know. Well, I mean. I'm just saying, again, I'm thinking about people in his group that, you know, his peer group that he might be wanting to, you know, evolve off of, you know, it's like Kanye, you know, when he did Life of Pablo, which released like two years before this. So, you know, he had like that big release party and stuff like that. And he played the album like publicly, like the night before, like to like a huge party of like mm. celebrities and stuff like that. Um, so maybe him being a little more reserved, maybe it's of the, like of the people. He's well, cause like, he's an active Redditor too. Yeah, exactly. So maybe being a little more <laughs> reserved, but an active Redditor, he's like, you know what? My community, my immediate community, that's really responsive. I know they'll love it, you know, and he does. I mean, he has a strong, a strong following, you know, hmm. that, that people that, that are really into like every, everything they do. Oh, know? for sure. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was really cool that they, they, they did that. Um, you know, we talked about the different uh, features and contributors on this album. Um, this album was nominated for a few Grammys. Um, it was nominated for uh, Best Recording uh, Package for the design, uh, which is very, um, the design of the album matches the, the aesthetics of the, the design, match the aesthetics of the music for sure. Um, it was nominated for Album of the Year and Best Alternative Music Album. Um, I didn't realize that he had won two Grammys for Bon Iver, the self-titled album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I forgot that he won um, Best New Artist and Best um, Alternative Album for that yeah, one. Yeah, the best, <laughs> funny story about the Best Artist was uh, he beat out Nicki Minaj. Oh, really? Who was the favorite that year. Oh. And she goes, oh, you just give it to another white man? So she just like, completely discounted wow. that, that it was like a band. <laughs> she was like, oh, just another white man getting, a, getting the Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> so she does not like Bon Iver. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's why he wasn't on Monster. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's uh, that's all I got for like kind of background and just general stuff. Um, if you want to get started with the album, sure. Um, so how do you pronounce the opening track? I say ye. I don't ye. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean. Yeah, well, and I think that's what's funny about that first track is like, are we recording like that piece? Because mm. they were just doing stuff all the time. Like one, I don't know if it's on this album or on 22 a million, but there's a story of them taking a tape of Neil Young's Unplugged, mm -hmm. crumpling it up, writing on it, and then re-recording new music on top of it to get like different sounds and like not <laughs> wow like, who would even think of that one yeah. and then like you know the things that you're going to produce out of that like you're looking for i guess new thoughts and, and yeah, new sounds the unexpected. Like, <laughs> what wow. so that's i think that's a good intro to this to be like yeah this is experimentation oh like, big time are we recording is this like is this going to be on the record yeah well and it just the little samplings that fragmented distorted you know, opening it's like 
it's a reminder uh, to me. It was like, cause you know, you listen to 22 million, you're like, whoa, oh. this is not, this is not Bon Iver. And like, to me, it's like, when you start this one, it's almost like the immediate reminder. Like, like ah. here we go again. <laughs> it's like, we're still in this. <laughs> um, but it also like as a, a just on a, a more general, like listening experience, like hearing this opening song, like with just like that weird pulsating, like sound effect that's kind of like on and off because they're turning it on and off. It's almost sounds like a living thing, like an alien mm. kind of thing. Yeah. And to me, it's almost like, um, and, the, and who knows if this was intended or not, but it, to me, it gives off that vibe of like from like a sci-fi movie where it's like you hear this thing like powering up or you hear this thing like coming oh, alive, wow. you know, in the other room or something, the system's kicking on and it's, you know, going nuts. And to me, it almost sounds like that, this pulsating organic thing that's coming to, or it's like a, it's, it's heartbeat. It's like, there's something coming alive. It's like, this yeah. is the beginning of something, whether it's like just the studio waking up, it's like, a, and if you want to get super interpretive, it's almost like, to me, it feels just like this weird thing is alive and it's just waiting to be mastered. And I, that to me, it, as a musician, it's almost how it feels like when you go in to record with purpose is, you know, you have something vibrant and alive, like electricity but it's your time to master it and turn it into something. Yeah. Um, that's what it kind of feels like where you, you hear the messing with it and it's just like this, not visceral, but it's just this raw thing that's kind of just coming on and off. Well, that's music. When you're making music, it is it hits you and you clean it up and you, you make it make sense until you know you work on it. And that's what that feels like to me. It's like mm. that, that, that reminds me of the of the, the the trenches of being a producer of like you're listening to the 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 garbly gook you're listening to stuff that you thought would have planned it. You, like that yeah. you crinkle up the the old film and you or you, you crinkle up the tape and you run it through <laughs> the like, through the player and you see is it going to be distorted like i i <clears throat> dreamed it would be in my head and you hear it back and you're like oh that's terrible i need to re-render that yeah. let's try it again with this instead or let's compress this part instead or let's pan this over here and then do this one in reverse and like to me that's what you expect is the background nonsense, you know, mm -hmm. to, to compose something like this or like 22 a million where it's like, whoa, so avant-garde, so unique. Um, you take those weird swings, you know, at, at, at making a new sound or whatever. And in fact, I think they say that in an interview that this, that effect, that noise that they use in I am and in, in ye and I am I, that it was something that they didn't even know what it was for years until they gave it to like yeah. a young producer and, and he added some effect to it. That was like, whoa, five years that's cool. Yeah. That's new, that's a new turn. And, and that's what it kind of symbolizes to me. Before I even read that little background part, it felt like that. It felt like something wild and just, it was, it was musically untamed, but hmm. that's their intro. It was like this, that's how it always is. Yeah, this is what it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, and I love that, that. I mean, especially for intros and outros and stuff, or or like breaks, like that glitchy kind of ambient kind of, or or uh, I don't know, there's that mood filling kind of sound. It, it's always um, welcome, at least to me. Um, and so this album, I like how it starts off on that foot and then leads right into IMI, which is a really strong track um, with that still kind of that glitchy nature. Um, but it's better than that because it takes that glitchy part and then it evolves it back into that basic like acoustic driven vocal and then it builds up the full song with like all of that mm -hmm. with him leading with Vernon leading on with his lower vocal over his acoustic yeah and then then all that glitch stuff comes back in and then you know 
but yeah that's a, it's a great balance you know it's really because uh-huh. his vocal isn't like super i mean there are ones where it's like really distorted and really you know out yeah, there yeah on this one he didn't do that as much as well this album he doesn't do it as much as yeah, the previous true. and that's what makes it i think well, a really good balance i doubt he'll ever do it as much as the previous but <laughs> who knows <laughs> <laughs> well and this track i mean there, there's a few there's a few tracks um on the album that are, are like super reminiscent of bonavere but this one felt really mm-hmm. because of the um, cause I think it has some horns in it. It's just got some of those things that he didn't use in the last one. Yeah. It's kind of brought back around. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically, I, I guess I've already gone into IMI. Um, uh, but I, I love IMI. That's a really good song. It's kind of like a lighter, I mean, it, it's got some loud parts to it, but the, the vocal parts a little lighter, but with a serious message. Um, I love the that kind of that cascading I am I am that pan you know that back mm-hmm. and forth it's really awesome. Um, this song it's almost like um, like this song. No, I'm thinking of another one. But this one, uh, like oh, that's what I was going to mention. This song it does it does feature like those horn fills that he would use on Bonavir, which I love. Like those yeah. those little like because it, it it's just like kind of a flourish. It's almost like a garnish just to the to the general song it's nowhere really a part of the whole composition they just he added at the end but yeah they just throw it in there yeah i just love i, I love how he uses traditional instruments and in in, or, or just other effects and really well-timed uh manners um yeah this is the one that they have the the new york times did the breakup of just this breakdown of just this one oh, really? song and how it kind of built up over the years and um, that first open, it was funny, like in this, in the Zane Loa interview, uh-huh. he like tried to guess that it was his other bandmate. That was the first voice, but oh. it's actually like some guy that he sang with way back yeah, um, a few years. It his was, name is uh, Mikey yeah, Noise. Noise. Yeah. And now that like, I guess it's a longer, a little bit longer song or sampling or whatever, because Chance the Rapper is using it on another single of his that's on his latest oh, really? uh, record. Yeah, hmm. so it's like this one little deal. And his voice, whatever it is about that guy's voice, kind of like connects with people. But it hmm. was just funny because like when the interview, he like the interviewer like really leans in. He's like, oh, I was going to like, I thought it was him all the time. And he's like, no, it's not him. <laughs> it's this other one. Wow. <laughs> so he had to like just backtrack all of that. But um no i like this one and i think um he kind of talks about it in terms of him being really depressed and anxious and this one just kind of being like i just need to accept that you know whatever this is like i am it is what it is yeah i am this and you know coming to that realization is lighter than <laughs> the, the intro, or yeah, yeah, those other things that are going on, and I think you definitely feel that. So. Yeah. Well, I think that this is an album. I mean, this album a lot of a lot of commentary, whether it's climate commentary, self commentary, but it's also just a comment, an album about agency. I feel like it's an album mm. about making a decision and fitting a discipline to your life. You know, mm. and like with this song, it's like I I am what I am, but you know, it's also about you are what you are so if you need to do more if you need more action you need to have more action yeah. involved if you think it's worthwhile or like the the line it's my favorite line in the album where he said or my maybe the album but this song for sure when he says uh if forgiveness is a chore what are you waiting for 
um mm. and 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 that's what that that rings true to that kind of idea i think of uh, of if it's something you're always you're you're because like a chore you know you're expected to do it you know and if and if you're you're expected to find a brotherhood you know in your common man and forgive one another and, and realize the humanity in one another mm. then you have to do something it's like any any form of change any form of anything takes change which takes action or a lack of action and so i i just i don't know that, that's why I mean we'll talk about it more, but there's a lot of songs or, or tracks on this album that apply to that that self-awareness and self-agency type of mentality that he clearly has as an individual of trying to express. Like he said, you know, I know I was depressed, but I, it took just witnessing that in in and of itself and just realizing what I was doing in the you know in the immediate and how that pans out in the future and mm-hmm. how that's reflected upon to my fellow people. And how they impress upon me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure. It's interesting. And this one has like the James Blake um, cut or whatever. And then this, um, there's two other people on there, um, Camilla Stavely, and she's um, actually like a British singer. She's a part of like a three, like it's her and her sisters. Oh, okay. And they have like some really awesome harmonies mm. and songs together but i guess they like toured with them or something on the european leg and got connected brought her in yeah uh, and then this up. other like random guy um from minnesota kind of like alt scene but he's kind of like a uh a moses sumney a frank ocean mm. type on there and i i don't think he's on anywhere else but he's just kind of another voice in the well there, in yeah the background I mean, there's so many people so many collaborators from like real small rings and way major yeah and stuff like that "Eh, just come on yeah like i wonder yeah because i guess maybe that's maybe that's his his thing is he likes to collect you know he likes to collect samples and 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 yeah and moods and and which is totally like a, a kanye thing um the pitchfork article was saying like he actually worked on this album almost like a hip hop producer with mm. like track samples and putting things together then a rock folk artist where mm-hmm. you're like you know writing and playing instruments on different things like he's just finding sounds and matching them on top of this layer on that layer or whatever yeah. and I that you know that's abnormal for a folk singer quote sure. unquote that he's supposed to be yes yeah. <laughs> yeah that's forever it was forever ago hmm you have anything else on this one yeah um, but yeah, I really like that one. And then um, the next track is uh, "We," which is immediately much more serious. The deeper, heavier tones, and the um, it's kind of got that gloomy beat, you know. Yeah. With the the deep the bass and the drum rolls, um, and that kind of that classic. Because I love it when he uses his lower tones, Vernon. Mm-hmm. And this one's got that that uh, it's almost like haunting you know yeah. like over the tones that they're using for the song um but this is another uh uh this is another good combo of styles of that kind of like that hornsby kind of sound but still like i don't know still being serious like in, in using like sonics and 808s or you know using more electronics to offset mm-hmm. the more traditional like i just feel like this is is a really good flow of that production work of where he's using a lot of different 
areas of music yeah. to, to build a message. Yeah. One thing that I found like in just a Reddit, you know, rabbit hole, but um, somebody was saying like, this is kind of a compliment track to in Bon Iver, the Minnesota, Wisconsin track. Mm. And so if you listen to both of them, like mm-hmm. right after the other, you can hear like it's the same melody and the same like, like it's quieter in uh, this one, but you can like hear it and it's like dropped down or that makes sense because distorted I mean, in some way. Like you can hear it's like, oh, like Minnesota, we is like, oh, it's like lighter yeah. in a sense. And then this was like, oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> it's a darker version of that. That's true because I mean, that little snare roll that's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that song, it's yeah, like it probably is it's that exact the same, same one. rhythm. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy when you hear it and then you're like, what um but this one he said that it's a um it's a political track and it's more to like um trump supporters because mm. this was coming into like 2018 2019 yeah, 19, and it's yeah. like um that last little bit of like you're just gonna be dropped you know like you think like that he cares about you or whatever or this mm. politics cares about you but you know, you're going to be below regard sooner or later. Oh, like right. It's that's how it just going to keep happening. So yeah. um, that's kind of the intro to the <laughs> political yeah. takes that he's going to, I guess, lay on later in the album. Yeah. But it's coming. And it's also like the darkest song, which is yeah. odd. But Yeah. And it's also kind of odd. I don't know. When you when you look at it, when you look at the flow or the duration of it the non-flow of this (laughs) (laughs) but like however you want to call label how it was curated like i I just feel like yeah that's kind of early i feel like this might have been because you know i think we've i've I've talked about this multiple times on the show but how the traditional like if you think of it as vinyl as a record there's Mm -hmm. two sides so you split it and you, you you either you call it side a side b or act one act two um but typically, the first one's the night, the the lighter side, and potentially more poppy, and then the yeah. the second side's more serious or heavier. But they're side. not doing that in the van. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe that's why they did it. You know, because I mean that's that's how you do when you when you're when you're on the cutting edge. Like, well, they're gonna expect that. I'm gonna put the gloomiest thing on the front. The darkest one. They're gonna I'm have put to the go darkest track. That. Track one. This is what I want. <laughs> this is my most positive album, but I'm putting the. Saddest yes. song, track one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to feel this. Well, that's all I got for that one. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have. I, there's one thing that... Um, is it this one? No, it's not this one. Yeah, never mind. We can go back. Okay. Uh, so next one is uh, Tolly Fields. Yeah, this uh, is the one. Um, this one he does one of his uh i think he's using that vocoder um which i don't know the specifics on it so no one kill me but him and messina they they have some kind of specific like voice um alternator or whatever that like they've kind of not invented but they've like adjusted to where it, it hits a certain type of uh, uh, resonance or it gives off that certain sound that he's used for the last like, three albums or whatever mm-hmm. Um, and on this one, it's like, it's, I, I love that effect where he, he like overdubs himself with a low vocal uh-huh. and it just gives that like, like, it's just such a full sound. Yeah. Like it's so, so like strong. Um, 
that's my favorite vocal style of his like whenever because you know he, i mean he's got a, lo- a good range of you know high yeah, pitch stuff bags. and also but i love it when he goes low and then when he uses that over that that stylized mm-hmm. overdub type of vocal it just sounds so cool um they did the the song exploded that podcast yeah yeah they did an episode on this song so that would be something to check out too he mm-hmm. kind of explains a little bit of it of the technology yeah behind it, yeah behind it and how that's like it's one note like that reverberates through it, mm-hmm. but they play it and they, you know, mess it up like all these different ways, but it's like the same note, mm-hmm. which is just like, you know, beyond me. Cause I'm not a musician like that, but <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Um, the, the only other thing I really have to add about this track, um, is I read that it was, uh, it was uh, mainly improvised. Hmm. Like hmm. the majority of it, like some. I mean, the the lyrics he had most of it, but majority of how it was played oh, out wow, it was, was just sounding. Him. Yeah, he just kind of knocked it out, and they cleaned it up a little bit and called it a day because it's pretty short. It's pretty short. Yeah, track. yeah, it's a pretty short track. The only things that I had I thought was kind of cool, and I don't, you know, even know how true it is, but there's a lot of like boxing kind of references or like. Oh really? You know, the holy fields. Words, yeah, and so holy fields is like Evander holy fields, and then there's like um, Evander's dancers are like kind of evidences. You know how he kind of like says one thing for this way, and then yeah, like, they're not the chorus is the same. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's featherweights. Um, oh yeah, you know, pull your punches like those types of mm. metaphors are all boxing yeah. metaphors throughout it. Um, but I like this one in that. It's kind of like, this is definitely a climate change message, mm. at least the chorus is. It's the only clear thing, but um, I think it's kind of like a challenge to be like, you know, you think you're doing good, you're like, you're staying safe, but, you know, this is coming regardless of however safe you think you are mm. and however much you think you're doing, like, yeah, it's still coming. The yeah. dawn is still rising. Like the sun's still coming and the water is rising too. So yeah. 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 It's very like subtly political, but I think I'll, a lot of these can be interpreted politically. Yeah. Can be interpreted any way you want. Yeah. For Vernon, but <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's that's also a signature of a great lyricist is you can you can write in double meaning where it's if it's simplistic and all you want is to groove to it, then sure, it's like, but if you look beyond it, mm-hmm. there's much more. Yeah, but I think that's what this is. Again, this is a this is a kind of a, 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 a an album to challenge you. Like if you're gonna listen to it, it's like you can't just passively listen to it. You could. But mm-hmm. it's 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 one of those pieces of work where it's a little harder to let it just be passive, just because yeah. it's so it's just so odd. It's just such an oddity that if you want to listen to the music arrangement, it's like it takes an active ear to listen to all that t- went into it. If you want to try and understand what he's saying vocally, <laughs> um, or if you want to read it and follow it along, uh, then you know you got to look in between the lines. You have yeah. to you, you know you have to be. Um, I don't want to say you have to be clever, but you have to expect, you know, some kind of clever twist on it. You know, it's like, when, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like with a lot of great writers, I mean, that's what you, you got to do. You can't just first interpretation is all it really means. But that's what's really cool about him having a personality where he's so open about this stuff. Because not everybody that's super 
like Bob Dylan or something like doesn't won't go into an in-depth interview about why he came up with something but he does you know he'll give honest credit to like well you know I met this one person in Nashville and they told me this phrase and never heard you know or whatever and he just carried it on um yeah I don't know it's yeah no that is a weird um it is a weird thing how he writes the songs and um, again, that idea of like, he's not the only one that's writing the songs, that it's a whole bunch of inspiration or whatever yeah. that, that comes into that. Um, which is funny, like it is more the vibes. And I think I find myself like, I don't like, cause that's how Sia, you know, um, the pop singer and sort of like songwriter, mm-hmm. that's how she says she writes the songs. Like she puts kind of a mood and lays out the melody and then just kind of throws in words Mm. like as they fit that. And so none of it makes any sense or none of it really means anything. He kind of does, Bonnie does the same thing like with their songs and stuff like that. Yeah. But it doesn't annoy me as much. Well, he, (laughs) I don't really know why. (laughs) Well, with him, I've, I've noticed there's, there's a little more structure. It's like with some people that work that way, um, like, I feel like they just focus on the hook or they focus on as long as the chorus makes sure. sense and that's cool. But one thing I've noticed that he does is whether it's like a double meaning or it's just really kind of an odd way of describing something mm-hmm. in, in like as a, as a body, like a, a, for the full song. Yeah. Like it might be like that. But one thing I noticed with him, like the way the lyrics team seem to roll out, because I, I, I made sure to note this in some of them, is that like the pre-chorus gets more specific. Then the chorus specifies more what he's he's talking about, mm. and then it goes right back into the the weird flow or or into the hook or into an instrumental. But one way I see, like particularly with this album, that I think he improved upon from that maybe he already landed on with Bon his self titled album, but kind of got away with when he got experimental was that kind of not formulaic approach, but understanding that it's better received by the listener if you can give the the chorus a little more structure concrete yeah yeah and then you it, it's like you're you, it's like the yeah you, you're you're giving it the ramp up period and you're like oh okay you're giving me this interesting yeah. you know the, this line where i can understand yeah, what you're saying apply it to my situation in however way i want to yeah but i at least have this yeah like you know like with hey ma you know it's, like, it's like yeah hey ma is like one i think i heard so many things people talking about like oil and another like I don't know. When I really thought and think about the lyrics and all that, like I think it's just more personal <laughs> than any like yeah, broad well, political theme. Like I think I think it's it's subtly, you know, a little bit about climate change because I mean you could talk about like Mother Earth. Yeah. Um and and in and in his line where he says, uh, you know, full time you talk your money up while it's living in a coal mine. Yeah. You know, it's like that you you have all your money and investments and in, in something as short sighted as, yeah. as coal and not you know, thinking that you're totally secure. Yeah. Um, but it also it plays on on nostalgic themes and childhood mm-hmm. scenarios and scenes yeah. that you would be in a personal. And that's why I think it's yeah more personal than the because while it's living in a coal mine, I mean that could just be like you said. You know, it's a dead resource or a non-renewable resource. So you're yeah. like looking at this thing and you're hoping for it, but it's not going to grow forward it's well i also like i also feel like there could be a a, a form uh, or a way to look at it where you're saying you know it's saying full time you talk your money up while you're uh while it's living in a coal mine that you could be 
you could think of it as like the coal mine. Maybe that's just hard labor. And maybe, you know, the full time you're talking your money up, but it's always dedicated to work. You're full time. You're always at work. You're always stuck in work and you're never with the family. Mm-hmm. And so now that's why you're saying it's, it's about time you call your mom up. You know, you're thinking about childhood and stuff because it seems like another life. It's so far yeah. away. And this whole time you've been focused on your career and torn away from all that. I just um, think of like Zoolander and Spirit. What? <laughs> <laughs> You know, Zoolander, his dad and his brother, they're all coal miners. <laughs> oh, that's right. And him doing his fashion walk through the coal mine. <laughs> that's the first living in a coal mine. Mm. But uh, th- th- this song, uh, this is definitely because of that the that warm sound of it with the, the warm synth um, over that steady beat. It's very, again, reminiscent of the, of the second album, um, especially with that that uh, uh, panning snare, like the snare that like pans from left to right, and and then um, um, that uh, it, uh, yeah, I just love that effect. I love it when he when he does that. Um, but the uh, there was a line in there. I'm just looking through my notes really quick. Uh, oh, oh! It's the end of the chorus. Uh, you're back and forth with light. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you interpret that is, um, but I, you know, I also took that because I, I, when I think about like family, like in family songs, you know, it's like we talked about this with Marvin Gaye that when it came to his turn to write his own songs, a lot of it was familial. A lot of it was that that. Uh, carried a lot of energy of how the dynamics in his family worked or how he appreciated people and stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't all of his songs, but you know, when he talked about family, it was a very mm-hmm. accurate, careful thing that he produced. Um, and, and he also, when anybody talks about family, whether it's like some old parable or, um, some heroic story or just a love song, I feel like when it comes to the dynamics of family, the the strongest like pivots in a familial like story or whatever is when someone goes away and comes back you know like the prodigal son um and so that's why i bring that up of because i think about that of me you know it's like when i came into myself and i wanted to you know be a man it's like i moved out i wanted to get my own job i wanted to pay for my own things i wanted to be do my own thing Hmm. you know and 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 family was always important and I always included it. Now in, in our family, family just is important. That's it's something that's very strong and cared for and it's it's taught to everybody in the family, but that's not every family. And so, um, you know, like when I moved back, it's like I was very excited to be back around my family and stuff like that. But I feel like to some people that might be some kind of reset, you know, it's like you've been on this trajectory of your profession or of your career, but now it's maybe it's time to come back and, and 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 say hey to your mom, you know, say hi, you know, come back and interact with your family. And and that closing line of you're back and forth with light, you know, that could be interpreted as those 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 struggles, that independent struggle of of I'm in and out of what I'm supposed to be doing and really working on, hmm. or who knows what. But he because he also uses descriptions of of drug use, of you know, toking on dope, and 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 I didn't see anybody on Gen- on Genius point this out, but I mean. When he says the statement, I want all that mind sugar, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking Coke. I'm thinking powdered yeah. substance. You're going, you want to, you want to go out. And um, drug use to escape, you know, yeah. escapism. It's like you wanted to escape your family and your own back, but now you're using it 
to, you're, you're using drugs and stuff to escape your own decisions now. So what's the point? Where are you? Now you're just in this lost little loop and maybe family is a good foundation to come back to. Um, but, um, and then ending the song with something that seemed like a, a conversation with his mother, um, where, uh, where he's, you know, it's like a, uh, where he's opening up and, and almost like coming to a point of redemption where he's saying, you know, uh, let me tell them all, you know, it's like to me when, when, uh, cause I, I forget there's a, there's a line before that where he says, you know, you, you, you sit down, um, man, what does he say? Let me look. It's like, up. you took me in the room and you offered up the truth. You offered up the truth. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then it ends with, let me talk to him. Let me talk to them all. When I, when I hear that, I just think about my own personal like overcomings of like depression or social anxiety and stuff, particularly like when I had moved out and I felt like a loner, like I made this decision, you know, like, like I'm enveloped in this weird prideful anxiety where it's like, well, I made this decision, so I need to make it work. But you know, I could also, I could also reach out to more people and let them know. Mm -hmm. Um, and that could make me stronger, not even realizing that because I've been so focused on myself. Um, and so all that descript, uh, the, the, the subscribers of saying you're back and forth, you're, um, just whatever. Um, and ending it with that, just let me tell them all. That's how I feel when I come out of a, a heavy moment, a heavy season, a, a, a mode of depression. That's what it feels like. I need to tell someone this. I need to do something about it. I need to, I've grown into this expression, expressive state more, you know, it's like, I feel vibrant again. I feel the, feel the warmth of the sun. You know, you feel things that you weren't feeling before. And that's what it feels like. You know, it's to me, that's almost like old school, like a, like a Christian song or something that you would say, it's like, mm. let, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him all. Let me tell him, <laughs> let me spread the news. Let me, I got to tell somebody this, this is just so good, you know? Oh. Um, but that's what, I don't know. It feels redemptive to me. That's interesting. Huh. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I'm trying to now rethink about it. I guess I could, I took the light as like a weight, you know, like, or the limelight, like you're wanting, mm. this was kind of the fame, this was the shine that you wanted to have all this money and you're getting into all these different things and then like that's what's, bound you up in some way you know like mm -hmm. when you told me actually told me the truth it's like then it was like you had to process this and this is <laughs> you know why you have all these struggles and all that and you're trying to put on a front of it all but that's interesting i didn't think about that those interpretations of light can always be you oh, know yeah. like light or heavy. dark or light yeah. or heavy yeah um, but that's a good relation to, and then the Hey Ma stuff and whatever that means. And is that third verse like somebody else, you know, like, mm. is that a different character in the narrative, um, outside of the other two verses? So that'd be something to go back and listen to again. <laughs> it's a good sounding song too. Cause oh, I think this really is either the first or the second single. Yeah. It is the first one. It was the first one. Then I was like, Oh, this... I mean, yeah, this is the biggest there's like, a melody back <laughs> there's uh <laughs> i can't remember the number but yeah this one has the highest amount of streams i think on the oh, album yeah for the whole album but yeah th this one's definitely like the strongest one it's just got that it's just like it's a full song like you just like that that chorus is just so so good it yeah it hits everybody in their nostalgic yeah. you know heart hey, you got anything else on that one so next one 
is uh, you man-like. So this one, as soon as this one started, and as soon as I was aware of Hornsby's involvement, I knew this was the Hornsby song. <laughs> Just because of the piano. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, this one sounds like an old Christian song. <laughs> uh, this one's a really good one, too. Um, uh, this one's also like you could describe this one as being political or oh, yeah, commentary I would, for sure. I would definitely say that. Yeah, because the opening vo voice is almost like him uh, urging those with power to come down from this metaphorical mountain because he says, uh, uh, "Was it down the back of the ridge? There's just something that uh, I've got to show you." Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and 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 it just it, and 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 not just come down and see things but face these common issues like drug addiction poverty and wealth inequality um but the the i guess what would it be called it's, it, it's right after the chorus like the post chorus the immediate post chorus or whatever mm -hmm. the 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 man like you man improve mm -hmm. part i just like that little hook or whatever post chorus frame, yeah because yeah, that's a good yeah it's a good call to action and it's like, yeah, it's like a man like you, which could be, that's relative. It's like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Like a, a man like you. And it's almost like, again, that self-agency, self-interpretation in, uh, uh, type of mindset of like, I'm, I need to be the mode of action to cause the change I want to see, but I also need to be aware of who I am and what I am and be able to explain myself to someone else, mm. you know, because then I actually know who I am. You know, if you don't practice, you don't really know. And so something like that, a statement is like a, a man like you, man improve. It's like, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a call to action. It's a challenge. It's like, if you, if you know the man you are, then it doesn't matter. You still improve. That, that is the point. Yeah. 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 No, I definitely agree with that. It's just like when he's saying, look here, why don't you come down and see, you know, almost the slums, like yeah. with all your talk of how great our city is and what's going on here and how we're developing, whatever he's like. You still need to see this. Like, yeah. this is where what you're saying is just a lie. Well, or and it's you know what can you do? What are you really doing besides? I love the line of um, this ain't your standard premonitions. All this phallic repetition. It's kind of like oh, yeah. all you're doing is you're giving speeches and you know making yourself feel good through this sort of like yeah. masturbatory demonstration of your politics when it's like. There's still people that are homeless. There's yeah, what still about people the that are like yeah. not receiving any of this, but you can feel good about yourself because oh, you're a good man. You've yeah, you've done this, you know, you've done enough things, but you're in the if position. You really look at it, it's like you can still improve, you can still do yeah. more. Well, and who knows, maybe good. maybe that's also the the man like you. It's like these people are men like you. Mm, There's yeah. That's right. It's a man like you. This there's no difference between you and this other person in 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 poverty right now. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, it's like a challenge to improve. I feel like mm -hmm. to, to oh. reach a higher quality of character. Definitely. Um, and then they throw in the super nerd line of the cerebrus mm -hmm. cerebrus <laughs> ride. Oh yeah. It's like the is that Greek or Roman mythology? Where it's yeah, the three-headed dog. dog. Yeah, yeah the, the hell, the so hell keeper. Like, let's move the dog and then let's bring back those. <laughs> dead. That's your revival sort of Christian message right there. <laughs> and then, I mean, Bruce Hornsby's voice is so like <laughs> Southern Baptist to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or at least in this song it is. <laughs> um. 
feel like I'm going to type my notes out next time because I'm tired of making this comment of how I can't read my own handwriting. Um, I was going to say, yeah, and it's also like a, a, a challenge to love better and to love your fellow man better, like with the line where it says, um, how much caring is there of some American love mm. when there's lovers sleeping in your streets? And mm. I feel like that's what it is. That's a man like you in those streets. Yeah. It's like it's a... I could say that. Yeah. Like, but especially that that one line, though, it's like uh, uh, when there's lovers sleeping in the streets, it's like, or, or no, I'm sorry, I'll start with this. Some American love, like just halfway through that first line. Like, mm-hmm. I like that line. It's like, what what is an American love? And you're like, when there's a supposed person that you would love in the street. It's like, if you're proud Americans, like, what does that mean to you? Does that mean you love what is in your little bubble? Yeah, <laughs> and you love sure. that you have enough symbolism to get you know get through the day to get by. Or 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 is there more action involved in what you in what you do to make you who you are? You know, are you are you who you are because of what the TV tells you? Are you who you are because of just the people around you? Or do you challenge the people around you? Do you challenge the people that are below you? Do you challenge yourself to seek those you know above you and time. above above you and below you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the, the vocal transitions, cause this, this song also includes, uh, Moses Sumney on this album. Mm-hmm. I mean, on this track, the, the vocal combo of those three Hornsby, Vernon and Sumney, they all mesh pretty well. Yeah. They're all right near oh, each other. Works. And that's all I got for that one. Vernon's like head voice. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm trying to think of. If Moses Sumney ever sings deeper, I don't think that might so. just be his like regular. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it's it's a good song. Yeah, I like that one. Um, that was one for some reason it didn't click with me immediately. Um, for a while there, it was just that weird track in between Hey Ma and Naim that I just would skip. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I don't know why. I just That's funny. maybe it was that Hornsby intro with the piano. I was like, ah, I don't want this <laughs> piano song. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it's a it's a really good track. I love it. Um, but yeah, I'm in the next one. Um, Naim. Um, this one almost sounds like when I when I really got into this song because I, I th- this one and Hey Ma I think are my favorite ones. It almost sounds like some kind of choir standard, like something. It's like a song that might be a little old, like he's remixed an older song. Because mm-hmm. um, just like the, I don't know, like because the, the chorus with the alternating vocals. Oh yeah. Um, it just feels like that would be something that a an acapella group or something could like kill. Like it'd be a nice like, yeah, yeah. The I can hear, I can hear part. Yeah, like that just sound that to me that sounds like some kind of like him type thing you know um this is is the one where i feel like it it's one of those that he's allowed to be interpreted however he wants as Mm. far as like the lyrics go yeah i do like that round though i can hear i can hear that's a cool it's almost like a it is almost like a rap you know effect of that repeat 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 and like hit Mm. it and get bigger so i do like that sound of it but the song lyrics so the interviewer for pitchfork asks him like did you fall off a bass boat like oh yeah the direct question yeah that's the first question (laughs) so did you really fall off a bass boat (laughs) and in the the write-up the guy is like um the short answer is no but the longer answer gets to how he writes the songs and so it's like this weird not that weird, but 
he was a little drunk, I guess, intoxicated, and they're out on ATVs on a frozen lake. Yeah. And so that's like a bass fishing connection or whatever. Yeah. But he rolls the ATV and I guess was just really lucky that it was just a concussion that he walked away uh-huh. with. But like it could have been really bad. Um, and it was ice, so it was hard, like concrete yeah. but oh like, yeah concrete <laughs> but it was like this was the incident that inspired the lyrics well, th- for th- this song <laughs> this this song well and and i don't know i don't want to offend anybody but this song and like a majority of 22 a million feel like fever dreams oh for sure <laughs> no you could totally get that well and this naeem so the guy that they sample which i tried to find the song the oh, that dj guy or whatever they're talking about well the record says that it comes from that storm like there's a portion of it or it samples an artist naeem mm-hmm. and a song called that storm but i couldn't find that but i listened to a few of his other tracks uh-huh. and it is like wow like it's experimental mm. it's like got some african rhythms and like he's just pushing all sorts of stuff together mm-hmm. and you know like a bonnie bear just different time whatever yeah um so like the weirdness of it you can kind of see how it relates to that song but you know and then what's ever happening with kids getting bigger and people crying you know totally a fever dream yeah yeah because <laughs> like <laughs> Because, you know, I never really thought about that being kind of a writer, a music, a, a lyrical uh, person's like tool, like to, to get out something that might be melodic, but a little nonsensical would be like a fever dream approach or something until I had listened to because, uh, you know, uh, Neil Young, he has that band. He he does work with uh, Crazy Horse uh-huh. and their their first album they did, um, I think it was in 1969. It is an album called Everyone Knows This Is Nowhere, and it has a that song Cinnamon Girl and um, Down by the River and Cowboy uh, Girl, Cow, Cowgirl on the Sand, Cowgirl on the Sand. That's mm-hmm. the other one. That was like the biggest songs off of them. Yeah, and though that I think a majority of that half of that album, particularly those three songs, though he wrote while he had like a hundred and four degree fever oh, and wow. was just like having the craziest dreams and like that's how he came up with half that album um let's just try it yeah well (laughs) in one of the interviews they said were you guys just like were you high at all when you're making this he says yes yes sir we were or i was (laughs) and like he's like the whole time and then he was trying to like you know did you have a particularly like connection like you know when you were high one time like to a song Mm, and he's like I don't know. I mean, we were just like sampling a whole bunch of music and then we were high and then it was just pushing things together and they worked. And then we wake up and we try to do it all over again. (laughs) (laughs) We were intoxicated. Yes. Yes, I was. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't sober. Yeah. I'll I'll say that. (laughs) Don't have the same connections, but yeah, it's it's totally. And you can kind of feel it in, in that song, but. It's great. I mean, it's a great. Yeah, it's a cool one. I like that one. I think he says that that's kind of his midpoint. Like that's end of Act One. Oh yeah. Um, and the next one I don't have too much on uh, Jail Moore. I don't really either. I like it generally. Yeah, it's got that kind of glitchy synth intro. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's kind of got that Frank Ocean kind of like a vocal 
to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's climate change commentary. Um, you know, I like the li- like the line, um, one by one by one, we'll all be gone. Um, and uh, and how long will you disregard the heat? I mean, stuff like that. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's pretty straight up. I forget how long that song is. I don't think that one's particularly long either. Um, like two minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another one that he threads in there, uh, some climate commentary for sure. And I think, uh, well, even the video for that one, cause they did what the albums and the videos of that mm. little dance troupe, the video is like them in desert. Like they're just running around in a desert. Mm. And... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's all, it's all dusty and saying, this is, this is where we're going. Desolation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the one after that is uh, is Faith. Um, it's one of the more like uplifting kind of sounding tracks, um, still with a serious message, obviously dealing about faith. Um, I do like his, you know, he's got the higher vocal on an acoustic, um, and there's some there's some really good lines in this one. Um, that's all I really did. I just recorded a few of my favorite lines. Um, that's all I really have for this one is uh, the. Oh, this is one of the songs where I feel like he's again he's bringing out that whole thing about personal agency, where he says the line was there. There is no design. You'll have to decide. You know, there is no predecided destiny. It's like you decide. You know, like I just feel like that's very self-aware of someone that who's who who is very disciplined. I mean, that's how you would look at things. You know, or how he would you know you would expect things to be like. It's like there's no. Hmm amazing you know uh, uh four-sided design it's like you you treat your future self how you expect the future to play out and you just move accordingly um but it's like you decide agency it is your your call um or like uh uh do we get to hold what faith provides thought that was an interesting line yeah like i feel like that was that's a line from a uh someone with the history <laughs> like someone that who, who has a history with religion you know what i mean yeah well you know justin vernon was a religious major oh i didn't know that oh yeah yeah so oh, he, okay. he was on colbert like for i think bonnie Vare, uh and colbert was making fun of him because he was a double major of religion oh. and feminist studies and colbert goes so you just hate yourself he's like just really interested in that Hmm. stuff and that kind of like bane of thinking of those symbols and what comes out a lot in 22 and a million i haven't found anything that says like he was particularly religious Mm, um just upbringing like his dad um is the arbiter like land arbitration so i don't think it's like like career yeah it wasn't thing. uh like his dad was a pastor and he's yeah. like oh i'm <laughs> yeah in this world automatically no i think it's uh an organic curiosity or or what have you huh. but that's interesting a lot of i mean a lot of 22 million is with christian imagery and sort of thinking through that um there's some like thoughts in this of this being like um, Kierkegaard, so Soren Kierkegaard is a philosopher, which would be kind of up his alley on this. Um, <clears throat> and it's uh, Fear and Trembling is kind of a dissection of the Abraham story. Okay. So, and it's like, what 
Kierkegaard talks about in Fear and Trembling is if he's a knight of faith. And what he means by this is like, if Abraham is a person of faith, then he believes like, you know, X, Y, Z, God is going to do this or whatever. But he has to make this leap, right, to become that, to believe that this insane thing of mm-hmm. killing my son is somehow, you know, an act of duty or an act of faith or right. whatever. Um, and he's like, I don't know if I can make that leap because I don't know if I could sort of ignore my you know, rigor, my science, my, all of this stuff in order to become that knight of faith and to make that leap. So that's Hmm. the, the fear and the trembling is working out your salvation with fear and trembling. But it's this idea of like, how do you have a faith in something? Like if you have faith in something, then you're a crazy person because you're, (laughs) you know, you've made that. Yeah. You've made that leap and to say like, I no longer need to see this to believe it. I can just do it and expect those sort of things. And he's playing on that. And the Alan Watts kind of interpretation of faith and belief, which is mostly the same thing of like, you need to let go of your idea of belief and just have faith that things are um, kind of as they are and that things will kind of work out as you will them Mm. to be. So it's like a mixing of that and kind of a, you know, if he meant all that, but there's quite a few that when I fell down some Reddit rabbit holes would be like, Oh yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> this is where they're going. But me having read Kierkegaard, it's like, oh, this is what kind of he's talking about, like or he could be talking about with I'm the faithful kind of saying like I can not need to have this belief, not need to hold these sort of creeds or mantras, but I can go forward into this world being like I'm going to take it as it is. I'm going to believe or have faith in something that I can't see. And that's kind of the, how I move forward from this. Yeah. And I don't know if he's like, I think he's more agnostic. Um, Although it seems like at one point in time, he was a Christian or at least a theist of some point, you know, because he says like, it's not going down that, road I had known kind of as a child of God, which is usually a Christian phrasing. Mm. I don't know if too many others that say (laughs) child of God other than, well, I don't know. I don't even think Muslims say child of God. Mm. It might be a common phrase. I guess it could be, but I, I don't know. I guess from my background, I interpret it as that, like, you know, this is <laughs> a lot of things that I could have found useful, like, um, <clears throat> I don't know, you know, textual purity or drugs or whatever. Um, abstaining from those aren't necessarily disqualifying me from having faith or moving on to something that could mean real life. Yeah. Generally. Uh, and I think that's what this song is, is mostly about to me anyway. Yeah. Well, and I like the, I think it's the closing line where he says, uh, this year's a visitor, like the years come and go. It's it's a fleeting thing, but it's only moving the needle of time. Mm. You know? And then saying, uh, we have to know faith declines. I'm not all out of mind. It's like life and faith. I just feel like when he says that, it's, like, it's, a, it's a discipline. It's a tool in how you grow yourself mm-hmm. or grow into yourself. So it's like if you, if you, um, 
yeah, if you know it declines, like just like a, uh, any professional, if you know, if you don't practice your golf swing, your swing's going to decline. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to happen. And like, to me, that's what that is. It's like, it's a state of that organic decline that he talks about. It's like any of us can have that decline. It's like, but I, you know, I still have mine. It's just, it's just low or whatever. It's like, yeah. where, but that's, um, I don't know. That's a, it's a cool, like, um, very like open statement, not like open-ended and like it can mean whatever, but just saying like, it's a very expressive raw kind of thing of saying like, it's like, I, I, it's not that I don't have faith. It's just, it's a, it's a declining thing and, and it takes work to, to combat that or to develop who you want to mm-hmm. be. Because I think it's like what you were saying. It's like, if I want to combat that, I have to have foresight into what, cause it's the future. You're having faith in that future you, or you're having faith in your present action on what that's going to develop into. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's almost like if you really do lose all faith, it's like you're losing faith in the future too. For sure. And you're also, you're not even looking at the present as a, uh, a soil, you know, as something to, to, uh, put work into, to, you know, mm-hmm. get something out of mm-hmm. at some point. It's just, it's all fleeting. It's like, yeah. And this, I mean, this one was one they said was also tied to, um, a previous, like was almost on, 22 a million yeah yeah and um the songs that he has in there are like way more religious themed one but there's like a song called god where he kind of talks about like um which it's either like a love relationship or it's a relationship with a god of some kind where he's like you know i'm not gonna need this like i'm gonna go sort of do life in a different way Mm. and so this is kind of an interesting like pairing song or after song to be like, you know, it's, I mostly come to accept that. Like I'm have this, I have this in my background and I have realized that maybe there's an ebb and flow. Um, it declines, but I'm not all out of it, Yeah, you know, and kind of whatever that can mean at any given time, um, can fluctuate, but I think it's a, it's a good song. Yeah. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, and then and then that one transitioning to the next one, uh, is Marion. Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? It's more of kind of like a pensive kind of sound. Like it's like a deep in thought, like con- contemplative type of yeah. music. See, I think this one could have gone on um, for Emma. Mm, yeah, because it has that, that moody, serious. Yeah, that kind of, kind of vibe. And yeah, I like that. He says half a love, and it kind of sounds like half a song they just kind of like yeah stop. yeah it's quick and <laughs> stopped yeah yeah that's very true yeah but yeah no to me it sounds like a like this would be right after skinny love yeah for like, sure mm-hmm. who knows maybe he's just been sitting on that line for years oh i thought i had half a love yeah <laughs> it could have been but yeah yeah i agree but yeah that's a cool little filler like in between more serious songs um I don't have anything else on that one. I mean, that one's short. Um, Then the next one, uh, Salem. Um, Salem, it has this great line. uh, Because abnormalities surely are everywhere you see. So what I think we need is... um, 
Oh my God. Is it elastic, elasticity? Yeah. Elasticity. Empowerment and, and ease. Sorry. I wrote that word terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love that line. Uh, yeah. That's what I had written down to you. Yeah. I like the, the phrasing of that is kind of fun. Yeah. And it can be, I mean, applied to a lot of things. It's like you think that a lot of this is going to come easy or maybe you set up yourself for expectations and yeah, just because um elasticity i think of like flexibility yeah you know? oh, it's like time. if you <laughs> if you have this expectation and things don't go it's like that's not the end of the way but it's also not you're powerless right yeah. just things are going to happen to you whatever it's no you need that flexibility you need to feel empowered uh, and then you have got to have some peace about it or yeah <laughs> it's gonna be totally unenjoyable ride <laughs> yeah <laughs> forever yeah or or it's like it's a great statement of like of experience it's like this is this is like a a, a mode of conversation you would have with a a seasoned person like whether it's in your industry or in your family or in your church or whatever it's like this would be the breath of air that they would breathe into you of, of calmness and of confidence. It's like if, so, if you're speaking to someone who's been down this road and they're, they, they're 20 years your senior, you know, and they've been doing this and like, mm. you're trying to vent to them about, I can't believe they, they said they would do this and they didn't. And like abnormalities are all around you. Change is all around you. Like, that's the yeah. only thing that's constant is change. And, 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 and surely it's everywhere you can see it. But what you need right now is you need to feel, cause I think about this as a salesperson, cause like as in my job as a signs and graphics person, I'm dealing with multiple companies, multiple projects inside those companies and multiple regions. You know, it might be, I have 10 projects going on this week in Dallas, but across the nation, it's 110, you know, whatever. And if one thing goes wrong in Nashville and I wasn't expecting to, I got to fit in that phone conversation. You know, it's like mm-hmm. my day is just always revolving, always changing. And, and, and what I realized is when I was one year into that, it was so exhausting, like getting sh- shifted and, you know, having my day diced up and chopped up and put back together. It's just, it wore me out. And then now, you know, five years into it, it's yeah. just, it's just a part of it. I just have that, that callus or that that um, I've worked up that immunity to the changes. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, I can pivot only so much, you know, maybe like I can only take a, a couple of changes an hour or whatever, yeah. but it's uh-huh. way more than it was in the beginning. But I think about that in those terms of elasticity, um, empowerment and ease that when I was a manager, if I was managing a salesperson, that's how I would try and treat them, not treat them as this is how I interact with you, but like a doctor, how I'm going to treat you, I'm going to make you better post this experience is I would try and empower them. I wouldn't tell them what to do. Yeah. I would describe what's possible and make them explain what they're going to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I want you to come to the you know, decision Sometimes of, cause yeah, cause I want you to feel the gears click and the things come together. Oh, that's why she said that it wasn't, she was being rude. I was being, you know, short-sighted about, you know, not uh, appreciating that she's got a full day of work ahead of her. And I'm just trying to move her schedule around all the time, you know, just like just, just modes of, of understanding. And then, and then the, the elasticity, the, the, like I said, the only constant is change. And I just feel like that, that, that is one of the biggest like pillars of maturity. (laughs) I think when it comes to a a human being in general is that when you're an adult, (laughs) that means changes, they don't make you red faced. 
When someone cuts you off in traffic, that doesn't ruin your day. When someone uh, cancels on you an hour before you're about to go out to dinner with them, that then who knows what they were going through. That's not enough to make you just throw out the whole week, to throw out your relationship mm. with that person, unless it was something so you know unnecessary. Um, because I just think that's huge, especially nowadays. I mean, I just yeah. feel like so many people feel um, personally empowered by social media and short-sighted, um, or not short-sighted, but like a microwave world. I just want it right now. I'll just Uber it o- over. I'll just Amazon that over. I'll, you know, everything is you, you throw money at the problem or you expect it to be super fast because we're in a competitive market where for sure where you can get things so quick and the, grati- the, the gratification is just immediate all the time, all the time. But as soon as you're faced with a problem, an abnormal problem too, mm. all the grace is just thrown out the window. And I just feel like a lot of, not, not as everybody, but I just feel like a lot of people, like it just, it's, becoming more typical to be feel like you're in the right you know and a lot of people would call these people karens or whatever you want to say or there's these people that are just you know just obnoxious but that there's a lot of that too that people maybe aren't just as outwardly expressive like these karens or these crazy people about it but but exactly but they hold on to it and they flexible also. yeah yeah and they let it rot them from the inside of not trusting people and that's why i don't have a lot of social ties is because yeah i've just been done wrong so many times or you know, so-and-so never called me back. Well, just, I don't know. Just, yeah, that's true. And I think that goes back to the song of like it being, a, I think like an individual love story. I'm just being like, you mm. know, we've been at this and it's just me saying this and I can't necessarily get over it, but I come to this sort of stance. Like <laughs> yeah, I've just gotten here and I feel like, I mean, this is definitely a Bonnie Bear type thing too. Um, or a forever for Emma song where this could have been like, <laughs> I'm over this relationship. I'm getting mm. like stacks. I think it's kind of the theme of this song too, where it's mm. like, I'm going to go back and I'm just going to go back. And this is what life is. Yeah. You just get hurt and then you keep on getting back up. That's what this song kind of plays yeah. like to me too. But like you said, there is that whole other thing of, I now have a framework or, I don't know, a guiding experience. <laughs> principles. Yeah. yeah. To be like, all right, if I can do these three things, I'm going to find my way and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it also has that line towards the end that I really love. It's one of my favorite lyrics is uh, there's no automatic peace. Mm-hmm. I really like that because, um, again, I don't want to talk about my job too much, but in my world, most of the time it starts off like with chaos, like half of our projects are so far ahead. <laughs> We will plan it. We'll execute it. It's great. The other half, we're solving problems. You know, the, these trucks keep pulling in the wrong entrance. These uh, these people keep depositing this in the wrong thing. We need a sign that's directed them to do this, and we need it tomorrow before 12 because that's when all the deposits come in. It's going to happen again, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's like all these weird little problems. <laughs> and so I'm used to chaos. Like when it comes, but I have that. I have that immunity to chaos when it comes to my job where I, when I walk in, I'm not, it's not going to, again, make me red faced and disorganized that yeah. someone needs me to do something that I wasn't expecting right to away. do today. Yeah. And so I don't always expect peace like in my career, but when it comes to anything, any relationship, I think that's a really powerful line that there is no automatic peace. There's no, there's no automatic, you know, conjunction or no automatic melding of, of people. You know, it's like, yeah, like we said, they might be a man like me, but I need to unearth that. I need to prove it to them, and 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 I don't. There's there's only so much an unspoken thing can can get you. You know, it's like, 
well, my, my social profile looks really good. And uh, if they really like me, he'll text me. They've got my message. They'll direct, they'll DM me. And yeah, if we're going to be good friends, then sure, we'll be good friends. We had a good conversation that one time. Mm-hmm. But if you really felt like you, you wanted to form something, I mean, it takes action. It takes agency. And I think that's, that's another theme. Um, I don't know, I've talked about before, but um, that it touches on in this song. Um, but yeah, this is a good one. It's more serious. Oh, yeah, definitely more serious. Um, I was looking up, there's a anorbaric, and there's some Reddit discussion about if it's even a word or where it's from. What word? <laughs> um, there's, he talks about a dream at the end. He's like, there's no anorbaric dream far as i know like that's the lyric or whatever Uh yeah yeah but there's just a lot of debate on what that word means yeah and it's (laughs) somehow like french ish of like not perfect um but then some people said it's also come from um dark materials and Uh, um like in that series yeah uses that word a few times Uh (laughs) which is not out of the realm for anything from bonnie bear maybe i thought that little like rabbit hole was funny that justin (laughs) vernon loves some gold compass (laughs) there's notes on that for sure (laughs) (laughs) um anything else on that one all right cool Uh, then uh, i guess the next one you pronounce should shadia yeah, do you know the acronym? Uh, yeah, the acronym, yeah, which I did not know until until uh, this week. Uh, <laughs> stands for Shittiest Day in American History, which was the day after Trump got elected. <laughs> which for that, it's a pretty, like, chill song. Yeah, I it's, mean, like, mainly instrumental. Like, the second half of it's, like, all instrumental. Yeah, he's just kind of like, hmm. I know a lot of people were not that chill on that day. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Well, but from the way he describes his modes of actions, you know, maybe, I mean, like me, it's like when that kind of thing happens, it's like, well, I can only, I, I'm only going to really be mad about what I can control. And if I can't control that, yeah. then I just, you know what, it is, it's out there, but it just, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a, uh, like really, this is the guy that the faith like because <laughs> yeah. he mentions like you know the lord and i think it's really like a a challenge to like a christian conception mm. i think it's kind of how he viewed it and being like right right this is this is what we're gonna go from yeah here. so this is the so better we'll direction see. you're preferring we'll see. yeah <laughs> and that was two years after yeah yeah so that's interesting reflection wonder how how hard like like how seriously he wanted to have that in the album yeah i don't know well because it seemed like in just a few interviews that i had read um that he had gotten pretty political like he wanted um to set up shows for whoever the democratic nominee was gonna be um uh and not like charge well charge people like crazy amounts but then have it just be like the regular band setup and not do any production yeah. and then even have the candidate maybe come out and yeah. talk. And so it'd be like a donor concert <laughs> yeah. for Bonnie Vare, but like to support the democratic party. Cause he wanted to and he didn't change right. out the, well, I don't think, yeah, I don't, I guess not because, um, well, I know that he was a big, um, Bernie supporter also. Mm, yeah. So yeah, but he might've done it for his local, well, I'm surprised he didn't do it for Bernie. Because I don't remember seeing anything like that. 
Because I remember uh, Neil Young in my morning jacket did like a big oh, yeah. donation thing for Bernie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's also not a dumb guy, so he's like, this is not going to end well. For yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want people to waste their money. That's probably what he was like. <laughs> he was like, if he's not going to do it, then I'm not going to. Because by the time, you know, Biden was announced, it was practically like the general. So it was, oh, yeah. there wasn't a lot of lead into it. Yeah. So um, maybe that's what he's thinking. I do like the last track. Last track, yeah, Rabbi. A lot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like serious life commentary, but it's oh, it's a really good song. Um, I like this is like the first song on the album that actually you like the foundation of it is just a electric guitar. I think it's two electric guitars mm. kind of going back. Yeah, um, that's funny. It's like the only electric guitar. There's acoustic guitars, but it's the only one with electric on it. I mean, as a guitarist, like that's wow. I think. Um, because he doesn't use it often, he or like that's identifiable as in <laughs> as a guitar. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. It's not distorted to the max, cut up, put yeah. in reverse, and then thrown through a flanger and then put back. <laughs> um, this this song almost sounds like. Do you listen to Lord Huron? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like them. I could see that. Like his uh, the cadence of his vocal. Yeah, it's a little more like. This feels more like singer songwriter, like he's getting back into that kind of old groove, hmm. like not not the the sound of it, but his vocal, like the the lyric like composition. It feels more like oh, he's yeah. singing it rather than like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know really what I'm saying. Um, it just feels more like th- this felt more like what we were saying, like when you say like some of the songs felt like it was more like produced like a hip hop song mm-hmm. or something like that. This one, it feels more like it was back in that folk mindset yeah, maybe. prior, you know, prior to that. Um, Putting that together. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I had any real big notes on that. I don't have any n- notes on it. I just have two, two quotes from it, two lines from it. It's actually, it's just the, the, it's the pre-chorus and the closing verse is what i have okay so the the pre-chorus says uh when we were children we were hell-bent or oblivious at least but now it comes to mind uh we are terrified so we run and hide for a verified little piece mm-hmm. um just growing up you know and and that's why it's like it's like it's like life commentary i'm just saying like well i because it's an interesting line when we were children, we were hell bent or oblivious at least. Like, again, like I feel like that talks to that mode of agency. It's like when you're young, it's like you might be super oblivious and you don't know exactly what you're working towards. But I mean, some people I knew in my youth were like hell bent on doing this as a job, you know, making it like this. And they're just super focused. They're, they've always been about being a teacher or being a mechanic or whatever. And that's like, that is their personality. That is everything they put into that. Mm. Um, but but then it i don't know it, it when he says but now it comes to mind that we're terrified and we run and hide and we just verify for just a little bit of peace i feel like when you discard that like when you're so focused on like like i want to be a musician I wanna, and then as soon as you feel like it's not going to happen or you you you're distracted from it someone says hey did you pay your rent or whatever and <laughs> and 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 you look for anything that would give you peace. You know, you look for anything that would just comfort you because you've 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 been torn away from your mission, from your your original mission or something like that. Um, I don't know. I just find that um, 
I don't know if this is the best word to use, but kind of like whimsical, like kind of like when you're in your youth and you don't know what life's about, like just a good commentary about that, mm. that era of like a youth, like when you, you could be so focused on things and not even know where it's getting you or so focused on being socially focused on this group of people and not even realizing that they're not yielding you anything. They're just someone to escape yeah. your real life from, you know, I mean, you could branch that into anything for sure. That's interesting. Hmm. And then the uh, the closing verse, the um, so what of this release? Some life uh, feels good. Oh, uh, some life feels good now, don't it? Yeah. Uh, don't have to have a, a leaving plan. Nothing's going to ease your mind. Well, it's all fine. We're all fine, anyways. But if you wait, it won't be undone. What 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 was your like? What was your interpretation of that? Because that's the closing line. Yeah. That's, oh no, I was like, I like your thoughts on it. See, I was just, I was thinking about it in terms of um, like this project, this album. Mm. So it's just kind of like a, you know, I do music. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all just scared of dying. But mm. isn't this a beach? Like, he's kind of like whimsical in saying like, you know, we're just making meaning of what we have to make meaning. Like, right. I'm doing this music because, you I've know, built. this is, yeah, this is what I ran towards as a kid. And this is uh, my little piece or it's like a, <laughs> to figure it out. Like, uh, I didn't write that. It's compounded decisions. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And realizing that that's what life is. That's what real agency is. That's what yeah. uh, per personal faith, like in the future, you. that's what that is. You're deciding your next layer. Definitely. Because yeah. his um, writing buddy, I think it is, Messina was saying like, you know, Justin's religion is just music. Like that's a, <laughs> mm. like the connections that happen through music, mm -hmm. the life, the community that exists through music. Like yeah. that's his deal. That's what he believes in. And I think that this is kind of a, a working out of that presentation so it's like well it's all just scared of dying like whatever it we do in this time is kind of like we just don't want to not be here anymore and mm. so <laughs> yeah. like but he's kind of joking like but isn't isn't this a beach like this is when we're kids we're kind of like oh life is so great it's so great yeah. and then it's like no you need to get your little slice of life or whatever yeah um and then we add layers of meanings to that mm. um but like when he gets at the end um some light feels good now like just some release like this music this break is yeah well like that's why i like that us that. and our offering and then there were six of us sitting creekside so it's like you know, we got high and we did this. It's like, I could profit this. I could sort of make this a teaching, make this a life, but you know, it's all just, just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I mean, I, that's what, that's what this album feels like to me, whether you you want to put a religious spin on it or what, but it feels like a, it's a message about agency and about just life is what it is. Mm. And you, when you realize that those go together, that, there's the things you can control and the things you can't yeah. control, but then it there's that in between, and it, and it won't be undone. Yeah, and the and the in between of what happens and what what happens, and you can control and what you can't control. The in between is what you can negotiate to turn into your life. <laughs> and sure. and and um, I mean, yeah, I mean, life is all compromises and plans. And uh, and I mean, that's what he says. He says 
uh, and I like that. I like how he says some life, some life feels good, don't it? And it's like some life. Yeah. It's like some of the life feels good, but the, um, and you don't have to have a leaving plan. Yeah. That's when I feel like he's approaching religion. You know, there's, there's, yeah. you don't have to, you know, have this big map system of what you think happens when you die. It's like you, you have now, you have what you're working on. And it, and again, it is what it is. And he's like, cause that's not necessarily going to, you know, ease your mind anyway. So yeah. It doesn't even matter. And, <laughs> yeah. But what what do you think that last line means? The but if you wait, it won't be undone. But it won't be undone. Hmm. Because he says, "Well, it's all fine, and we're all fine, anyways." But if you wait, it won't be undone. He starts the song with that too. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, because I almost thought it was meaning again that kind of like promoting self-agency type of thing of like if you, don't if you wait it. yeah if you don't seize it with stride it won't happen but that's like a, if that is what he intended like that's an odd way to word it because it's like you're saying if if you wait it won't be undone so it won't be undone so it it's kind of like it's already done like if you wait it will be done basically because he's saying won't and well undone. he's i guess he's wanting to say you have to do something now or it's just going to keep on going like it's going. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like all of this if you wait bad it, politics in his mind has already happened or climate oh, change. Oh, I see. But yeah. if you keep on waiting then you won't fix it. Yeah, it's for sure not going to be fixed. Yeah. If you just complain about it, you won't fix it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That clears it up. Good. <laughs> But it's a great ending. Uh, uh, it's a it's a good uh, uh, track and serious note to to end the track uh, the album on. Um, yeah, this is and this was the quote that he actually says about it, and I think it's also good. Uh, he says, "Just feels some life feels good now, don't it? There's a lot to be sad about. There's a lot to be confused about. There's a lot to be thankful for, and leaning on gratitude and appreciation of the people around you that make you who you are, make you feel safe." provide that shelter so you can be who you want to be there's still that impetus in life we need that it's a nice way to close the record we all thought Mm. yeah (laughs) it's a good closer yeah that's uh i I talked about this with michael rossi that's a that's what's trademark of a good producer and a good musician is uh i mean you, you develop i mean i'm an album person so i expect an album to be kind of developed and thought through and I don't want it to just be a string of random tracks or singles or whatever potential singles or whatever um and that's yeah it's just a benchmark of a phenomenal musician of, or, or or band whatever when they can curate the album to to build a message to flow through yeah. in and out different narratives and 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 build something of substance and then to close it on something that you know kind of brings it all home you know mm. I mean that that's I don't know. Again, I'm an album person, so it's like when you can develop that and close it out, that's awesome. That's how you get that's how you get me to buy it on vinyl. I think I've given up on that. But buying vinyl does kind of change that experience. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if like younger I don't, you know, but I don't know how big that market really is. It's like a supplemental. What, yeah, it's like a it's, supplemental, but people don't have like. I mean, it's getting big. 
Yeah, but what I mean is you don't have the soul vinyl. You know what I'm saying? Like you would have a vinyl like I do. I have vinyl and Spotify. Oh, sure. And so like I'll have the vinyl, I'll listen to that on a uh-huh. but then I also have like the random ability to be like, I want to listen to this one song on yeah. repeat. Da, 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 da. Oh, for sure. Which I think is different than how you're wanting the album to be when that was all you had. Like, I need to listen to these oh, three yeah. songs and no, get to my favorite yeah. fifth song. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'm the same. I mean, I, I'm the same, but there's there's a certain, uh, um, not ambiance, there's just a certain different, like, yield on the experience if i'm going to focus on that full thing yeah i have no problem with you know cutting straight to the third track you know it's even if even because like if i'm going to listen to because (laughs) the the internet yeah oh yeah i'll move the needle up if i need to but (laughs) but but i i think it's coming i don't want it's your own self your no. own album philosophy no no i mean no i'm saying i i that's in my playbook that's in my my entertainment book of options it, ah. it, it's not something foreign to me where it's like if someone's like you ever listen to that full album I'm like why would i listen to the full album which some people are like and i which i, I used to be like i'm like i don't know i just know yellow i don't know all of parachutes i don't know that album you know uh, but like but 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 now i mean as i've gotten older and just more time has passed i've just you know i really like i really keep going back to that song i want to listen to kind of the the setting the set and setting that, that they were in, in when they made it yeah. up and see if it really plays off of that at all or if anything gets back into that kind of groove that i enjoyed but I, yeah. and i don't want to say like i think they're now starting to get back into being vinyl minded like in how they produce albums because i mean there's people like childish gambino and um um, but those are old people. I mean, relatively, he's an old millennial. When you get to like, what I wonder is when you get to the Gen Z mm. or whatever you would just want to call people under twenty. Yeah. You know, Born where two thousands. This has been their mind. Like, are they going to be thinking of like, I need a whole book of songs before I can create this collection, or is it like I'm just going to stop? Like, even the Drake kind of model of. He had so many songs out there before he actually put together a collection of songs and called it an album. Sure. That it was just like, uh, okay, I guess this is just one place to find all of these songs. But but that's, <laughs> that's that's what it might become. But that's but I don't maybe there's there's two worlds. Oh, there's there's uh, there's because you uh, definitely there's, have people that are like there's a billion worlds. I'm there's, building an album oh, like uh, Logic. Yeah. He's young yeah. and he's doing like that sort of thing. But, but he's retired now. I don't know if to yeah that's. No, because he just put out like two or three songs with uh, Mad Lib. They're oh, calling did he? it Magic. Look that up. Oh, okay. But <laughs> yeah, retirement for rappers. <laughs> but no, no, they're, 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 <laughs> this is what we, we talked about this. Yeah, with, with uh, a couple episodes ago, is like they're just like there's a, all sorts of different musicians. There's musicians that. I, I will learn a number, I'll learn a standard, and I'll play that. I do not jam. I do not just, you tell me you're playing G to F major to whatever, and then I try and find a similar pattern. We riff off of each other. I do not do that. Like, there's different types of listeners. There's people that, I only listen to music when I'm working, and it's like, whoop, totally just background noise. You know, mm. I throw on Jack FM, and there it goes. Uh, and there's other people that's like, I like my Motown. I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't always yeah. know who the artist is, but I know that hook, you know, and they know the song. They know a song. They don't even care who the artist is. They just know the song. 
And there's the people that like the singles. You know, all of Marvin Gaye singles are great. It's like, yeah, but what about all of what's going on? Oh, I've never listened to Inner City Blues or none of that stuff. Whatever. Um, but then there's there's me where I mean I'm, I'm across the board. I'll jump into anything, but I like it when I can listen to an album all the way through. That hits different. That that hits sure. on, a, on a like on a really professional level to me. That's not just like you had something to say and you met the right musicians or you got paired with the right producer and you banged out a good formulaic song. It's like you had, you had, there's essence, there's soul to the album. There's, you know, it's like whether you're like, you know, like, you know, me and dad, we just reviewed uh, Bill Withers' first album, which it's not concept, you know, it's a lot of, you know, there's a couple of covers in there and, and, mm-hmm. and then eight original songs. And they all kind of follow a similar theme, but there's no, you know, none of them fade into each other. None of them, there's no like real, uh, you know, there's not some closing statement and some opening statement. There's no like, uh, uh, voice message <laughs> yeah. machine, you know, like track or anything like that. It, and, and, but they all, they all flow really good, well together, but they're not, it's not a concept album. Yeah. But he had his soul. He had what he, he wanted sound. it to be. He yeah. had an idea of what he, he, his characteristics, you know, would cook up to, to be. Um, but then you look at something like, um, uh, like because the internet by Childish Gambino, and that's got like, uh, interludes and intros and outros and it's got um, uh, it's tracks that fade into each other and and, and um, a, a clear ending track you know it, it, it's full concept and then when you buy it on vinyl mm. it's yeah, it's it's split thing. up and it's real the design it, there's a lot of work and concept into the design of the album itself it comes with a screenplay that came, <laughs> that, that went with the album um there's no, just a lot I, of thought there's a lot of concept yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and that builds like it's just the essence of the artist it's like if, if, if when you appreciate like when i say i like washed out does that mean i just like his hit single feel it all around you or does that mean you know i i own a couple of his records i appreciate the liner notes i read everything you know i'm just that's what i when i say mm-hmm. i really like someone like i really like when i say they're one of my favorites like i probably own one of their things i've probably read you know, some little background thing or the, 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 the yeah, the liner notes or look yeah. at every poster that came with it. And, um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm like that. And, and I think there's, yeah, I think there's any generation, there's going to be the ones that tangent off into the, just the singles. That's all I, I like, but I think there's that side, uh, of, 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 of people, of humans that like something tangible, you know, like something more organic and physical and like, yeah, yeah, you can text your friend and go back and forth and send tracks back and forth, and that's nice. But like, th- maybe this is me showing my age, but <laughs> I think that there's a different level to you know owning the music, actually owning it and holding it, <laughs> and um, and 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 not just talking to someone over the phone, but talking to them in person and you know having a real dialogue and seeing their yeah. face and 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 stuff like that. It just it, that's a different experience, and so I think there's going to be a part of Gen Z or whatever that also really buys into that and like that's not that's an an experience but it's not it's not everything there's there could be so much more yeah um, yeah. yeah i don't know but i mean vinyl sales just continue to skyrocket um and you know i'm obviously an avid collector and and they just get they, they people are putting new and new newer and newer spins on how to get people to buy them you know like like gambino when he did um awaken my love uh, that came with a, a cardboard uh, headset, a VR headset that you would put your phone into. And you downloaded his app and put headphones in. You're at a VR concert and you could see eight of the the, the tracks. 
you know, and you can look around 360. It, the, the, the 360 camera that they use was set up on the legit front row. So like when you look to your left, you see, you know, the person who's just, you know, starstruck and just staring at them and the person <laughs> to the right who's singing every word. And you look up in the sky and they, they added all these effects and Aurora Borealises and these crazy things. And it's like, that's awesome. It's like that, what an experience. I would have never been able to see him at Coachella, you yeah. know, 2015, but now he's captured that. And, and if you buy it, you get it, you know, or stuff like that. Um, and that, you know, that kind of develops into some kind of concept, but still, I, I just think people are going to find new modes to appreciate music, whether that's the variety and the quant quantity. It's like, I want a lot of singles. I just want my playlist, give me my daily hits and I'm groovy. Or that's uh, you maybe want a little more agency in your selection. Like, I want to find someone. I want to listen to an album and I want to decide that that's actually a really good song, you know, because I'm like that. I don't want some editor telling me what's a good song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not today. No. Well, especially, I mean, Apple's gotten better. I was gonna, I was about to jab Apple Music for a minute because their their playlist used to be they've gotten better, but they used to be kind of wonky. Like intro to this, you know, or like this is Chill Wave, and they're like that's not that, you know, and just like <laughs> wasn't always they they weren't always the best, but they've gotten better over the years. I still think I like Spotify's little mixes a little bit better though. Yeah. Well, they don't try to curate as much. They let the algorithm. Yeah. Like people listen to this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fine. So. All right, man. Till next time. Yeah. I got it. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, visit our website, musicmythpodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Goodbye. <laughs>